0: It is a truth, universally I acknowledged. I have noticed my growing resemblance that to that is a gold, daffodil. does not glitter. To how I would die, not all. Though I had oh, reason oh, enough in the last boy, If you want to rebel, rebel from exist, inside the system. But because they tell us that dragons I'm can your host Vicky from Miss Vicky's Bookcase. Let's begin our story together. Hello and welcome. <sighs> you... <laughs> I'm laughing because I haven't even started and I've got a confession to make already and that is, I thought that this was going to be easy, my subject for the today, because we're going to do making the list and I was like, everyone always moans about how much romance there is in sci-fi and fantasy books, so man, it'll be easy to f- remember all the books that I've read that have had some great romances in it and boom, done. No, it wasn't that easy, seriously. <laughs> But we're gonna let that slide. So today I'm gonna focus on sci-fi romances and I should state right now, right at the beginning, that we're not talking about anything that's going to be explicit. This is gonna be stuff that you can recommend to practically anyone of any age and has some really nice romances in. I personally don't like explicit romances at all. I mean, I have read a ton of romances, just to clarify, I just don't want to give you the normal historical ones. I mean, if you love historical romances, try Georgia Heyer. I mean, seriously, she's really good. I found her really funny. That's a side note. I just want to share the love of romance just for romance, not have anything where I'd be embarrassed to tell my mother about it, I think is the best way of, uh, of terming it. So, I've got a list of, let me just count, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven books. I did have a couple more, but I thought we'll just keep it to seven. And these should hopefully, I've read them all, by the way. One or two might have been a long time ago, but I have read them all. So this is going to be in no particular order because I don't actually have a favourite sci-fi romance. Okay, I kind of do, but I don't at the same time but that doesn't matter. Anyway, I feel like I'm getting distracted. So the very first book I wanted to mention to you is The Civil Campaign by Lewis mcmaster Bujold. Now, this book is actually well somewhere in the middle of the series towards the end. I think it's book 12, but it keeps changing because she's written a lot of them. And this book actually, well, the whole series is a space opera that I've really enjoyed. I do recommend it, it's very well done. But this one is well known to have its romance setting, and in fact, they almost call it a Regency romance in space. That's the best way of putting it. But um, to tell you what the story is about, so basically, Miles Vorkosgan, Vorkosgan, oh dear, has a problem. I have a problem, it's saying words. Unrequited love for the beautiful widow Ekaterin Vorosun. Violently allergic to marriage after her first exposure. If a frontal assault won't do, Miles thinks, try subterfuge. He has a cunning plan. Lord Mark Vorkisgan. I see, I can't even say it. Miles's brother also has a problem. His love has just become unrequited again. But he has a cunning plan. Lord Ivan Vorp... Vorp You know, I really wish sometimes people would have names I can pronounce. It's a real struggle, and I have practiced. Anyway, Lord Ivan Vorpatrol. For Patril? Miles' cousin has a problem. Unrequited love in general. But he too has a cunning plan. <laughs> so, basically, this is three different storylines with three different men trying to get their loves to get to the altar. It's very funny. I really enjoyed it. And it is is—it is set against a background of domestic political squabbles, and there is an earnest attempt at capitalist enterprise. But I really enjoyed this and Lewis Buck McMaster does romance very well I think. She has done other series where there is some romance but this is still one of my favourite ones. Now moving on to the second one, this actually is a young adult and I have to say I tend to find the young adult sci-fi and fantasies easier to find romances for. So you probably see quite a few young adults but don't let young adult put you off because if it's a good story it's a good story no matter what it's aimed at so Anyway, this is Cinder by Marissa Meyer. This is a really good retelling because fairy tales in my book usually have all the romances in and Cinder is no mistake. So in this retelling, uh, to make it sci-fi, humans and android crowd the raucous streets of New Beijing and a deadly plague ravages the population. From space, a ruthless lunar people watch waiting to make their move. No one knows that Earth's fate hinges on one girl, Cinder, a gifted mechanic who is a cyborg. She's counted as basically a second-class citizen with a mysterious past, reviled by her stepmother and blamed for her stepsister's illness. But when her life becomes intertwined with the handsome Prince Kais, she suddenly finds herself at the centre of an intergalactic struggle and a forbidden attraction. Caught between duty and freedom, loyalty and betrayal, she must uncover secrets about her past in order to protect her world's future. It's a really good read, I thoroughly enjoyed reading about it, and it's kind of like Cinderella in space, well actually it's not kind of, it is Cinderella in space basically, and I really like the way that Marissa Meyer writes, it's very easy going, and romance is mostly to the forefront of this, again, if you hate romances then perhaps don't read the Lunar Chronicles series because each one is based on a fairy tale, and I think it's particularly well done how it all works out, but I just don't want to spoil it. So, moving on to number three, and, okay, I also have a second confession for the sci-fi romance series that I'm recommending, and that's, I have the same all for twice. But in my defence, I did read those a long time ago, and they still stick in my mind as romances that I can remember, so I'm afraid you've got to stick with it. So, that being said, so the first one of the author that I'm going to talk about is called The Ship Who Searched by Anne McCaffrey. Anne 3 is well known for her Dragons of Pern series. Frankly, I find that a little bit too weird. Sorry, <laughs> I've read some weird stuff. And I quite like weird stuff, but that was too much for me. But I really love The Ship Who Searched. Uh, It actually is a part of what they call the Brain Ship series. It's really cleverly done. So basically... In this book, a young woman becomes paralysed and she must become a brain ship, so basically her body is encased in this metal and her brain's connected up to the ship, so her brain and the ship are the same, so her body is the ship. It's really good, that's why it's brain ship, but you know. And to help with this, usually a brain ship has a brawn, so it's a brain and a brawn. Of course, she ends up meeting the brawn who is her soulmate, and basically... Tia, that's her name, um, she was a very smart, normal girl. She wasn't like quite a few of the brain ships where they were plugged in at a very, very young age. She lived like I think nine or ten and she caught this illness and it leads to have paralyzed. So she becomes one of the oldest people to become a brain ship because you have to be very stable and sometimes people who are kind of brains aren't quite so stable but we'll leave that there. And basically it's all about her finding the cure to this disease and with her brawn helping who is the human element and I really like this because it's a different take where it's it is a forbidden romance in many ways because they are uh, the people that run the brain ships not the brain ships themselves but the actual company basically worry that they have transference the brawns who fall in love I'm doing that with quotation marks you can't see it they are worried that they'll do something weird, like crack open the case and like ravish the brain, uh, ravish the brain. Yeah, it is ravish the brain, but the body of the brain, and that's what they're really worried about. Because if you crack open the case, you can actually kill them. So this is a really interesting story and way of how things done. I don't want to spoil how it all works out, but again, really worth a read. I really enjoyed it. I fully admit, I love having romance in my sci-fi. So I. I don't mind it if it's not overwhelming, Is in like, that's not the forefront, I don't mind it as a side note, but I also kind of love having the romances. No, I haven't read any of those rippling abs sci-fi ones. I think there was one that, that showed up when I did, I did double check and Google what was the best uh, sci-fi romances just in case that I had read any of the top ones. I hadn't, but they were all men that were shirtless on the front cover. I don't know what it is about men and romances, But for some strange, strange reason, and I probably could guess it, all the romance covers seem to have shirtless men and romance together, which I'm sure a lot of women appreciate, but I'm kind of like, do you want to keep it on, please? I I, I just don't need to see. I just don't need to see that. Anyway, this segues nicely, really. Talking about Emma Caffrey, I want to recommend a second book from her. Of Well, it's not really a book, it's actually an entire series, and that's the Tower on the Hive series. This again is a really good uh, series, there's five books in this, and it's all about people who are talented in uh, kinetics or kinesis, and these people have over the centuries grown very strong, so you have what we call prime where they're so strong using a machine they can push huge amounts of materials through space from one planet to another it's a very cleverly thought idea although i still can't quite guess how you use a machine to push out with your kinetic talent I, I just couldn't quite figure that one out but that's another side and throughout the five books you have romance with the main characters and it does follow a specific family now I'll just run through what the very first one is because you know it kind of spoils it if you know what all the other one's about. Uh, the first one is all about an orphan girl called the Rowan who was discovered to have a superior telepathic potential and she is trained to become the prime talent on Callisto which is Jupiter's moon. The problem she has really is uh, as a child an accident happened and she was the only survivor and working with the prime talent on Callisto who has her own I suppose weaknesses is the best way. She's had that unconsciously pushed on her as well. So she's struggling against several things. Throw in the alien invasion and that that she convinces the other prime talents to help and then she has this romance with Jeff Raven. Well, kind of romance and you can see her struggles and it kind of is very romance-ish in that particular way but also you have the great background of an alien invasion and sorting things out and it's I thought it was really well done, and I really enjoyed the entire series. I don't want to say what the further ones are, just in case you do want to read this. I do recommend it, and I think I reread it only a year or two ago. Superb. Very easy to read. That's what I like. I like easy to read ones, ones that you don't necessarily need to think about it a huge amount. So that leads me on to the not thinking huge amount, and I thought I would mention Ready Player One by Ernest Cline, and I'm not going to mention Ready Player Two. If you want to know what my opinion was on Ready Player Two, please go see my in-depth review of several months ago. Hmm, we won't go there, but yeah. But I have to say, in Ready Player One, I did enjoy the romance in it. Um, Of course, in Ready Player One, we have the teenage Wade Watts, who basically he loves going into the oasis and he wants to be the person that wins the prize that anorak has created basically to win the oasis itself and of course he accidentally stumbles on the first clue and he has his friend h and what happens then is a rollicking adventure where you have a lot of things from the 1980s that i kind of remember and not remember at the same time and I really enjoyed it, it's a lot of fun, and I love the development of the romance between him and Artemis, I feel like that's a spoiler alert, but anyone who's seen the film or read the book before, you'll know what I mean. And again, really enjoyed that, I mean, I've just thought about one thing that happens in Ready Player One, but I, I suppose I should mention, especially if you're going to give this to a younger person, please note there is mention of masturbation in this, I feel, I feel really weird mentioning that, really weird, but it's very brief. And, you know, teenagers, you kind of got to say something. I feel like he could have done without that bit, but that, again, is just me. I don't need to know. It's like going to the toilet when the characters go to the toilet. You notice that people don't mention going to the toilet, really, in books. So it sounds like they're holding themselves for an entire week or two when when they do the story. But, you know, it's kind of like that kind of is in that you don't need to mention they're going to the toilet category if that makes sense. I'm gonna move swiftly on now and I'm gonna mention the series I've only just reviewed, in fact I think it was the last review I did and that was Navigating the Stars by Maria V Schneider. This also is a YA but actually i recommend recommending the entire trilogy because it is one romance throughout the entire trilogy. I really liked it, it was, it was cutesy, it was very cutesy and it's not explicit, kind of mentions it a little bit. Again, just teenagey stuff. I wouldn't worry about it too much, but in the Sentinel series, it's all about the Terracotta Warriors in space, of course. They've been discovered on other planets in the Milky Way galaxy, and most parents are basically archeological experts with a capital E on the Terracotta Warriors, and they're, of course, made to go to another planet because they're gonna head the, the latest find. And, of course, things happen from there, And If you want to know more go see my review for the other one, I really do recommend it. Again a really easy read, really fast paced, I really enjoyed it and I enjoyed the romance. It wasn't really haters to lovers situation with this one, this is more along the lines of kind of meh friendship and then suddenly realising that they like each other. Some people may not like it but I, I definitely did and I really did love the story overall. The romance does not overwhelm the story, it's not what it's based on, it is based on other things. The romance is most definitely secondary in this one. Now this leads me to the very last one, and the last one is a young adult novel, and this is one that I've read so many times. I really enjoyed it, and it is independently published, and funnily enough the series actually finished only last year. I don't want to say the last book was a disappointment, but... There were holes that she missed, and that was a ginormous book. But anyway, the first one I should say, if you're wondering what on earth I'm going on about, and that is "Qualify" by Vera Nazarene. This is a dystopian. This is a dystopian novel. I really, I can take all of a dystopian, but this is one of the dystopian dystopians, even that I always go back to. Now, basically. I'll just read the back of it because it's easier to then to explain. So basically you have two options. You die or you qualify. The year is 2047. An extinction-level asteroid is hurtling towards Earth and the descendants of ancient Atlantis have returned from the stars in their silver ships to offer humanity help. But there's a catch. They can only take a tiny percent of the Earth's population back to the colony planet Atlantis. And in order to be chosen, you must be a teen, you must be bright, talented and athletic, and you must qualify. 16-year-old Guinevere Lark is determined not only to qualify but to rescue her entire family because there's a loophole. If you're good enough to qualify you are eligible to compete in the brutal games of the Atlantis Grail which grants all winners the laurels, high-tech luxuries and full privileges of Atlantis citizenship and if you win the top 10 then all your wildest wishes are granted such as curing your mother of cancer. There's only one problem. Gwen Lark is known as a klutz and a nerd. While she's a hotshot in classics, history, science and languages, the closest she's come to sports is a backyard pool and a skateboard. This time she is in over her head and in a fight of her life against the possible odds and world-class competition, including Logan Sangre... Sangre? Sangre? Hmm. Sangre, the most amazing guy in her class, the one she's been crushing on, and who doesn't seem to know she exists, because every other teen on earth has the same idea. You qualify or die. Now that pretty much is a great synopsis of qualify, and I'm probably going to be doing a review later in the year of the whole series because I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really clever idea. I really enjoyed Gwen Locke, and this is a love triangle kind of thing. Well, kind of love triangle, I don't want to spoil the other books so we'll stick with love triangle and I've really enjoyed the way Gwen was, the her character was really cool, she acknowledges her weakness but she's a very clever woman and she gets around so many things, I really like that and I really like the way she has her attitude and her unselfishness, I really do like kind people in books and we don't see enough of them, this one's a really good one, The romance, again, isn't to the fore. It's not overwhelming. It doesn't take first place. This is, again, a secondary romance novel. I've really enjoyed it. I will say that it gets a little freaky in book three, I think it is. But I don't want to say too... (laughs) That is me trying to think of how I can explain why I think it's a little bit freaky. It's only one little bit that I think is really freaky, and I feel really bad for Gwen finding out this information and bad for the boy that tells her about this. I'm not saying what boy it is because again, spoilers. Yeah, I felt sorry for them and it's weird. Not weird enough to put me off reading the books again, but weird enough. (laughs) Anyway, I hope you've really enjoyed hearing all about all the different romance sci-fis. I will definitely be doing this again next year and we'll see if I can recommend anything new who knows what I'm going to be reading. I'm surprised myself at the fact that, having looked at what I read last year, there was hardly anything that I had that had romance in it, which is, as I said, weird, because all the booktubers that I've been watching have been like, oh no, romance again. Why do they always have to put romance in? Yeah, it sounds exactly like that. <laughs> anyway, I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a really good week and weekend, and I'll see you then. Bye. Ankh pork. Pearl of cities. People really are this like houses is not with vast rooms and tiny libraries dimensions. were full of ideas, perhaps the most dangerous and powerful. She delighted Oral. in the smell of the ink, the rough fill of the paper. Had commented once that Neil had a gift story for making some enjoyed want by, to punch by children him. is Just not a good children's story. weak minded refused to be influenced by literature and